Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I feel her money is nasty money because look at what she's doing for a living. She's porn star. And now she want to send me back to my country? Please, girl. How many more days until you leave? You see what I'm saying? She's not leaving. Who says she's leaving? But who that's says she's saying. staying? That's, Y'all that's, aren't married. That's between me and her and no one else. Are country? you, you, you haven't gotten married? You don't bring me here. How serious are you? You're leave. not married. Sorry, you don't bring me here. I'm in your house. I, you, I didn't bring you here, but I can send you there. I will send me if you have the power. Go, go I'm do just it. saying, go. I can pay the money. Call Donald Trump for sending me to Dominican. Go do the bad bitch quote of the week belongs to none other than annie the now queen of my heart and 90 day fiance so much to talk about them but i think i'm gonna just start boring and move up who's a great person to start boring with let's go with michael and juliana (laughs) um so it opens on them they open the show there's some ominous music playing it's raining um michael's walking up to the altar to get ready to get married, looking like a, you know, if Pee Wee Herman went to the Oscars or something. Um, Juliana's still inside crying, being emotional about her family, not contacting her. But she says she's trying to focus on the fact that she's marrying the man that she loves. Can we just take a little break right now to do the math? And when she was talking about her first husband being so much uh, older than her, um... Michael's even older. There's a bigger age difference between she and Michael and her first husband. But anyway, um, Juliana, the sun starts to shine. Things take a turn. Juliana walks down the aisle. Sarah, as you remember, Michael's ex-wife, she is um, doing the vows for them. She's going to be officiating the wedding. And you would have thought that, like, Sarah and Juliana were about to get married. Sarah's mouth is covering her mouth. Hand is covering her mouth. Like she cannot believe what she's looking at. And honestly, like I would put good money on the fact that like, maybe she had some construction boots under that dress, just ready to like run and take Juliana with her and like live the life that they deserve to live full of love and romance and Max and Cece. That is the marriage that I want to see, but whatever um juliana as a side note is her wedding bouquet is gorgeous and if modeling does not work out for her i think she might want to consider going to the floral business truly uh michael's beaming all his little baby teeth are showing um the setup for the wedding itself was interesting because it seemed more like loungy like instead of you know rows of chairs there were like most of the people were sitting and there were like lounge chairs kind of like a coffee house vibe for a wedding. I've never seen that before. It was, it was interesting. Um, Sarah's speech was basically just about how great Juliana is. Max and Cece come up to do speeches about how happy they are that, you know, their dad is getting married. Michael gets a little bit emotional and talks about how great his kids are and how important it is, you know, that they're supportive of, of the marriage. It's all very sweet. Um, uh, Loki, like anybody tell me if you notice it does Sarah seem a little lit <laughs> because now that I'm thinking about her like literally covering her mouth like a child like she looked like she wanted to laugh but 
she was like stopping herself and then she's like as she was saying the vow she's kind of swaying back and forth there's a lot of gesticulating a lot of leaning over to one side I I don't know like I love Sarah but I just wonder if maybe she dipped into the Pinot Grigio a little earlier that day um but I will say this is by far by far the nicest wedding that we've seen on 90 Day Fiance it looked really cute really intimate the kind of wedding that I would want like there was a cover over the backyard I mean it looked like everything I'm sure the wine was really great it it actually looked I mean not actually I shouldn't be surprised he's got money but it looked really nice very classy nothing we've never seen before and that was the end of Michael and Juliana for the um episode they got the first like 10-11 minutes and then that was it Um, it's basically like a wedding filled episode. Last week I complained about how nobody's getting ready and now it's like really coming down to the wire. Um, so the next couple we're going to do is Sasha and Emily. They're back in Oregon, um, driving to this little beach house because they're going to be getting married the next day. Sasha's driving and of course he's driving exactly like you would expect, like overly defensive, wild, not listening to the fact that, you know, he's got a, his own baby in the back not that it really matters because honestly I feel like <laughs> if any car hit that, <laughs> if any car hit their car the baby would probably be the one who would dent it and their car would probably be fine <laughs> such a large child um uh so anyway he Betsy is also there and she's still not feeling 100% about the wedding she says she doesn't feel like this is a great idea but she's here to support Emily um Emily goes inside to feed her gigantic child who was trying to eat her chin at any moment and Betsy and Sasha have a little one-on-one talk Betsy's like I need you to make me a promise I need you to promise me that you're going to love Emily forever And he's like, yeah, I will. Like, as long as she loves me, (laughs) like, it's all very conditional. Um, She promises that he'll do his best and to not cheat on her. He's like, yeah, you know, he said, well, I'm not like that. (laughs) Okay. Um, And then, like, basically, if she supports me, then I'll do the same. Like, I don't think that's a healthy way to look at your relationships. Like, yes, I understand, like, if somebody's not doing their end of the work, you know, that you should leave, but I don't think it, you should approach it as like, if you're not going to work, then I don't know. It, it's just a weird way to, uh, to phrase things. Um, <clears throat> so it's finally the wedding day. Um, Sasha calls his mom and his son, Daniel. Um, and he's like, you know, talking about how, you know, how much I love you, Daniel, and how much I wish you were there. And, and he says, I love you. And Daniel's like, yeah, okay, bye. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, Betsy's making a mimosa and she makes one for Sasha. He's never had one. And Sasha's saying that he's feeling a lot better about the whole situation since they had their conversation and that things have kind of been, um, you know, things have been smoothed over between he and uh, Betsy. Um, they are getting ready. (laughs) Emily's doing her makeup and she's saying it's four hours until they get married. I'm like, that seems like a long time for a wedding that's only going to have seven people and is like just in the park rogue, but whatever. (laughs) I mean, listen, if to do the proper, um, cat eye takes a long time. So maybe I'll give that point back to you, Emily. Um, Sasha's getting ready and I hate to admit this. I will just to be very clear that I was not looking at his face, but like the body actually was banging. (laughs) I don't remember him looking that good in Russia, but you know, if you look at him from the neck down, pretty good. Not no complaints. Uh, he, they're getting married. He does some like boxing moves. (laughs) in the mirror to like hype himself up for the wedding I guess a big fight uh they go down to get married it's it looks like they got married like you know how they have like a lot of pathways to the beach like for public access and it looks like they got married and like it almost looks like they got married by the side of the road but it was like the, a little piece of cement that was kind of like off the beaten path but you could still very much see that like people were living their lives like walking their dogs, going to and from the beach in the background. But anyway, 
Sasha was incredibly awkward for his third wedding. And I don't know. I mean, that was pretty boring. They got married. It was great. Um, they drank champagne. And she said it was going to be a very simple situation. They weren't even going to get a cake. Like, it was just going to be super low-key. And it was. Next. Um, Mike and Natalie. We don't see any of Natalie this week. It's just Mike basically going to the lawyer's office. He's still wearing that freaking zip-up jacket that he has worn. Like, at some point, we have to understand that, like, there are indoor clothes and there are outdoor clothes. And that you can't... The zip-up jacket that you wear around the house is not the same zip-up jacket. And the pajama pants, like, we're out of college. You don't need to be wearing pajama pants in public. You don't need to be wearing pajama pants to a bar you don't need to be wearing the same zip-up jacket. Like, I get it. He's a simple man. He's got simple needs. But just pick a wall. You know how your parents say, like, when it's hot in summer, like, you either stay inside or you stay outside. Don't, like, keep opening the door to let the air conditioning out. Which one is it? Is this a jacket or are these pajamas? Figure <laughs> I'm getting so heated. Anyway, this is not the point. He goes to the lawyer's office and um, he said he tried calling Natalie the day before, but no answer. And he's guessing that she just has some like, you know, she's trying to figure things out on her end. Um, so he tells the lawyer the situation that like, you know, he's back, but they were having a lot of issues when they were there. And by the way, he mentions that they were only, that he was only in Ukraine for 10 days. Can you imagine how, with all the drama and the weirdness that's happened between them that we've seen all season, that this is only 10 days of filming that we've seen. It is unbelievable. I mean, what a tinderbox their relationship is. And I feel like that should tell you all that you need to know about whether or not you should get married to her, Mike. But um, <clears throat> so he mentions to the lawyer, the immigration lawyer, that he had gone to the embassy, embassy while he was in Ukraine and that they had, he mentions, you know, that the information was classified and the lawyer kind of winces. Um, but I noticed in the background, she had like, do you know, those like, ugh, those like decorative shoes or like mini shoes that women like to get, you can get them at like, <sighs> I don't even know. Like, I don't even know where these shoes come from, but they're like little decorative shoes and you can't wear them. They're like the size of like a, I don't even know. They're like a handheld size. They're tacky. Anyway, they're all over the office and on the back, like in the behind her on her wall, there's like a shrunken bottle and it says winos, but like W dot I dot N dot O dot S. And from what I can tell, it looks like a little woman climbing up a ladder and she's like face down ass up into a, a glass of red wine. So, you know, if you guys are looking for the best immigration lawyer in Squim, Washington, <laughs> that's, that's your pickings for you. Um, very professional. So she tells him basically like you really need to take things in consideration it doesn't it kind of sounds like she was trying to get in there to be honest but she was saying like you really need to think about everything very clearly like how you want to do this because if you decide to cancel the k1 you have to start the visa process all over again if things go right and if you you know she said i don't think like a little 10 day trip here and there and then coming to America and getting married in nine days is not really something that I would recommend. And, you know, she tells him that, you know, he would be responsible for her if she comes over here, they get married, she gets her green card. If things don't go right, like he's still responsible for her. Something that he says that he didn't know. Clearly he doesn't watch 90 Day Fiance because this is something that like even I could practically be an immigration lawyer at this point, specifically with K-1 visas. Um, but yeah, he just says that there's a lot to think about and that was the end of Mike, but it looks like we'll be seeing him next week. Um, next, I want to go to Michael and Angela. <clears throat> We're still at dinner with his, her, his family. Um, and it kind of picks up where we left off where Angela's asking Michael, like, do you agree with your family? Because his brother said, you know, if things don't work out again with this K1 
process. Like he, Michael should probably just move on with his life and start a family with somebody here. And so Angela's asking him like, if that's what he wants. <laughs> and she says she's quote, barn baited by everyone at the table. Barn baited. She meant bombarded, but okay. Um, so Michael <laughs> tells her that like, you know, it's like, I'm alone here. And she's like, well, what do you think I'm doing? Like, I'm all alone. I'm taking care of all these kids in Georgia and, you know, smoking cigs and I don't know, brushing my mom's chin hair anyway. Um, so, you know, she says, you know, like we've both been sacrificing. And so Michael's uncle John says, you know, it sounds like you guys are kind of saying the same thing about how you feel about your relationship and that you guys need to like have a conversation about this. So have an amicable, amicable conversation and not like argue. Michael finally says like, he's not trying to leave her and her family kind of like corrects themselves. And they say, you know, like we've seen that you guys have been in this relationship for three years now and we kind of just want to see it come to like a happy ending. We want to see you guys get married. And Angel says that it touches her heart and that she kind of caves a little bit and says that she will think about getting married in Nigeria because family is so important to her. And, you know, she wants everybody to be involved. And that was Angela and Michael. Ooh, we're getting through this quickly. I'm glad. <laughs> um, next, we're going to go to Blake and Jasmine. Jasmine it goes to her Blake's... No, <clears throat> excuse me. Jasmine goes to Blake's house. And by that, I mean Blake's brother's house. And she meets him in the studio. And by that, I mean the garage. And he's got a picnic table with all his gear on it. Um, he says everybody was asking about her last night at Everett's... 30th birthday golden boy ever it turned 30 and she said you know I was annoyed she says that she feels like because the wedding's so close that they should be really focused on each other as a couple and she says every time they go out it's like a social thing she's like I'm either with your family or with your friends and like we don't really have a whole lot of one-on-one time um she reminds him about the alcohol and you know she says you know I don't like it and she says every time that I'm with your friends we're drinking he's like not every time she's like yeah no every time and then he kind of shuts up um Blake thinks it shows to him and his friends that she's not trying to make a commitment or build a friendship with them Blake she's not marrying your friends you idiot <laughs> This, I mean, he truly, like, does every, do people in LA, like, have these, like, everybody have these, like, Vanderpump Rules, like, relationships where, like, everybody has to be involved in everybody's business and, like, um, like, if, if you guys don't get along, like, I just don't, I'm not heard of anything like this outside of college. And since Everett just turned 30, that seems even more ridiculous. Like, y'all need to get hobbies. Truly. Anyway, um, he complains that like, she doesn't go out of her way to like hang out with his friends. And she's like, well, you don't go out of your way to hang out with my sister. Like, why would I be motivated to hang out with your friends when you're not around? Um, like, why am I doing all this work? You don't even try to hang out with my own family and you guys live, you know, down the street from each other. Um, then he naturally gets tired, but I thought Jasmine was making points left and right. Um, Blake goes on to say that they have two separate lifestyles, duh, and that it's not going to work and that he's trying to figure out if this marriage and this relationship is the right thing. Then they go to a joint talking head where she apologizes and he says that they need to have better better communication. I thought that was wild. (laughs) wild why is she apologizing for wanting to set boundaries and have a real relationship and to be married to one person and not this whole crew of fucking misfits and (laughs) like why is he why does he not understand that like he doesn't get any he's so freaking selfish it's amazing anyway the next scene we see with them jasmine's parents have arrived in la for the wedding Blake says that they have a really great relationship um, because he's been 
you know, back and forth to Finland with Jasmine and that they really get along and that it's important that he, that his parents, excuse me, Jasmine's parents get along with his mom. Um, they say that they're getting married in the park where Blake grew up hanging out at. Um, Blake's mom, Curleen, again, asks Jasmine in front of her parents and sister, like, what her plans are for after the marriage or after the wedding in terms of, like, her career. Um, and Jasmine, <laughs> is iconic. Jasmine says, she's like, well, she has, I have no plans outside of like, you know, maybe I'll do social media every now and again, but like that my goal, <laughs> my goal is to focus on my inner peace and to have a good mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, bitch. If only, if we, if only we had the luxury. I, I love that she said any of that with a completely straight face. Now, can she make other faces because of all the Botox? No, but I, I love that she, you know, even if she could, <laughs> I think we would have been getting the same face. Um, she also says that like they've, she's just talked about this with Lake and that he's okay with it. Curline is black mama out. She is disgusted. <laughs> and I think they might be Jamaican too. They're Caribbean too. Like you guys don't play this. Like I'm not going to have a job and I'm working on myself. <laughs> that is preposterous. <laughs> um, she asks, she's like, looks at her parents, Jasmine's parents and goes, well, how do you feel about this? And they were like, well, Jasmine's been pretty adamant about this not working thing. And then they say like in a talking hand that like, you know, maybe she might have to be a little bit more flexible about that, but they don't really seem super motivated to get Jasmine to work either. Um, Jasmine does say that like, I'm educated and Curleen says, you know, like fairly, God forbid, like what if something happens with Blake? What if he, you know, passes on? What if, you know, the jobs don't come in, whatever he does, like they used to, like, what if times get tough? She said, you can't be living in LA starting out a new life together and not having two incomes. Like that's very difficult. And Jasmine says that like, he's been providing for her so far and things are fine, but it's like, yeah, but neither of you guys are paying rent. <laughs> like both of you guys are living for free. Like what is he paying for your two face makeup palettes? Like, I mean, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> so Blake is also rubbing his chin and I notice he has a double, like one of those two fingered rings and it's one of those, like, plate rings. And it says, um, what did it say? It's a scale, but the A is a V. Very chic. We're still doing that. Anyway, I found it online for $24, marked down from 60 if you want it. Um, it's at black-scale.com. <laughs> um, Jasmine is getting annoyed by all of these questions about their finances. She thinks it's a rude thing for a rude question for her to ask. And, um, like I said, that Blake's making enough to support her, but yeah. Um, Blake says that he's going to do everything he has to do to be able to hustle and, uh, you know, make it work for her. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, 
When it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. Okay, now we're going to get to Tanya and Sinjin. Ugh. Is there anybody else before I get mad? Oh, no, no. We'll go to Anna Marcel. Anna is sitting at the table with a phone in her hand, and she's, like, red-faced, and she's saying that Marcel was supposed to call an hour ago, and she's waiting for him. Then a screen goes to, like, a, you know, like a word, what do you call it? Not a title card, but, like, you know, there's words on the thing. Um... The screen says that Anna called production the night before and that Marcel wants to come back to America. So it goes back to Anna and she tells us that Marcel had a talk with his parents and that the parents gave him the blessing to get married. And even though she's angry with Marcel, she still loves him. Uh, Marcel has set up an appointment with the embassy to see what he can do about getting his K-1 um, renewed since he, you know, has now left the country. She says it's a very uncommon thing for them to do it, but magically it happens. Now here's the problem. Oh, okay. Mar- Marcel also FaceTimes visa. Okay. Ticket two days. <laughs> so, so they have two days left. However, the visa actually expires in two days. So basically he, they have to get married the same day he comes back to America. Otherwise, He's got to go back again. Um, so then we get footage of Marcel in Turkey and he tells us that like he talked to his parents. They had a big conversation. He finally told them that he did lie about knowing about Anna's children. And he said it was like a whole big thing, but eventually they gave their blessing and the producers asked him why, like what was the breakthrough? Like what happened to make them change their minds? And Marcel said that he just thought that his mom felt sorry for him. <laughs> and that basically she caved in. Um, we didn't, I don't think they said like whether, you know, like how, excuse me, how his parents felt about the situation. If they were like actually okay. He, it was all very vague. And like Annie, Anna says later that like, she doesn't even know the details. I mean, how could she? Because they don't speak the same language, but uh, anyway, um, then they, Anna takes, um, the boys, her boys to dinner to tell them the news and Gino, I'm actually, I think this is really cute. Joey, her oldest son has been reluctant this whole time. He's not been here for Marcel. He's not seeing it. He was thrilled to have him gone. Gino has been sort of echoing that, I think kind of like a big brother situation, but he actually says that he's excited about Marcel coming back. And it seems like they had a good relationship. He said that like, he really liked Marcel and that he's nice, but, (laughs) and then the older, excuse me, the little, the little boy, I can't remember his name. He's so cute though. He was like, well, I'll go to your wedding. I just want it to be awesome. I don't want to be bored. (laughs) He's cute. Um, but the oldest son, Joey says that basically like he doesn't care. And he asks her like, do you have to get married? And she's like, well, I want to get married. He's like, why? And then he says that, he didn't like Marcel and he doesn't like how he reacts to situations, so, which it makes me think that there's a lot more to the story, but also Joey's been an asshole to him the whole time. So I don't really, I mean, at some point you can't really blame Marcel for being a little sassy back. I mean, I don't know what he said in that translator app, who knows, but, um, 
Okay, so then Joey asks if everything's good with the family, and Anna, like I said earlier, says she doesn't know exactly what happened, but I guess there was a conversation between Marcel's sister and Anna in which her sister, his sister said, um, basically she didn't, she didn't want this to happen in there. Anna needs to mind her own business. <laughs> um, Anna, I feel like that was the end of Anna and Marcel, but Anna, I feel like, I don't know if she, she's very confusing to me because she doesn't have to, she doesn't seem to have any patience for her children and what she's putting her children through. I don't think she has like, maybe she's not like, she just seems very selfish and very self-centered to the point where like, yeah, she has these conversations with them, but ultimately it's like, I don't think she really cares. I think it's just like an inconvenience for them to not be all in. And it's like, you have to understand that like all of your kids are not going to be like, what about this situation (laughs) should her children be excited about? Like, what is it? You brought the strange man into their house. He's now lying about their whole existence. It's a whole thing. He broke your heart and now he's back and he still doesn't like, like, what about the situation? Are you making easier for them? That's what I would love to ask Anna. Oh, she's so selfish. Oh my gosh. Okay. So now we're going to go to Tanya Sinjin. Okay. Um, 21 days to wed are left and Sinjin is out with his South African friend that I'm going to pronounce chart because that is as close as I can get, but it's spelled T J A A R T. Um, he is South African, but he came down from Philadelphia to, um, hang out with Sin, Sinjin, and he's been living here in America for a few years. But they've known each other. They knew each other for eight years in South Africa. So they're getting to the bar. They're like speaking South African or Afrikaans and like truly. Don't cancel me for this. Colonization has never been hotter. (laughs) Jar was pretty cute too. He had like really dark hair and really light blue eyes. Like it it was just a nice combination. They're two nice looking guys. Sinjin says he's stressed out about the whole situation. Um, and you know, chart is, um, you know, like they're, um, oh my God, what is the word for it? Commiserating with each other, um, about how difficult it is. He's like, it's not like you're coming to a different country. This is like, this is like a whole different world. And I think we often think of like, <clears throat> if it's like, I don't, I assume South Africa is the first world country, but like, I think we assume that like, when you see countries like this, especially countries that not that obviously not that South Africa is majority white people, but there are obviously a lot of white people. I think there's the assumption that like, that it's like a smooth transition over to America, but it really isn't. It's just like a very different vibe. And so they're, they're talking about that. And Sinjin says like, well, Chart says like, you know, there are a lot of differences, but if Tanya can stand by you, then that's a great thing. And then you should continue this. And then Sinjin tells him about the soulmate conversation. Chart starts sucking his teeth like, oh, I don't know. And he says that it's a very bitter pill to swallow. Um, Chart tells him to make sure that it's worth it. But he's like, I'm not going to tell you what to do with your relationship, but I will support you through everything. But obviously, <laughs> he does not feel great about this. Um, then we get a scene with Tanya. Ugh. I won't, the only reason why I'm like not completely disgusted by that is because she gets read for filth by everybody. Thank God. It's really amazing to me <laughs> that Tanya is so lacking in self. Well, no, it isn't. It isn't. And let's let's move back. We'll, we'll get back to that later. Um, so Tanya is going with her best friends, her sister and her mom dress shopping. There's another pink, un- ugly dress shirt that she's wearing. There's got to be a shaman out there who swindled her out of money by telling her that that's her power color. I s- promise. I know this in my heart. Um, but actually, Tanya goes on to say that like, oh, I'm like, I want to be really uh, unique. I don't like to do things that other girls do. So she's looking for a black 
champagne or red wedding dress. Like, I love a bitch who likes to be untraditional, but it's like, you have to be legit and sincere. You know, like, I have to feel that from you. Like, I feel like Kat Von D would wear a black wedding dress. I do not feel like Tanya... You know, there's a difference between, like, being different and wanting to be different. And wanting people to know that you're unique. Ugh, and that's the that's the issue with Tanya. So, yeah. So, I guess her, like, idea of pushing the norm in terms of her wedding dress is why she constantly pushes it to the 80 percentile of Kohl's and like fights people over the last dress that's in her size. Um, anyway, Tanya comes out in a black dress that is clearly, I mean, it looks more like a mother of the bride dress. So it's like really matronly Tanya. Now that she's got a bra on, we can really see how, what her body looks like. And she's very top heavy and you know, there's not a whole lot in the back that's making up for all that's going on in the front. So she needs, so the dress was kind of like a boat neck kind of, so it didn't, it just made her look even bigger up top than I think she meant to. Um, the, they're playing this like, womp, 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 like music. <laughs> and the, everybody that she's with is like, mm, that's a dress. <laughs> um, they're like really trying to be respectful, but like, you know, even her sister's like, oh, well, you know, this isn't my taste. Like Tanya is really untraditional and I'm not that way. And like, I would go with the complete opposite. So her mom keeps making excuses for her every step of the way. And this is why I think Tanya, I, this is where Tanya gets it from because clearly her friends make all the sense in the world. Clearly her sister makes all the sense in the world. They're, they're the ones with common sense. But every time Tanya says something completely fucked up. You can hear her mom in the background being like, oh, well, maybe you didn't mean it that way, sweetie. Like, ugh, she's, ugh, you're aiding and abetting a criminal, an emotional terrorist, Tanya's mom, and I need you to stop. Somebody call Interpol, please. Um, so Tanya's sister finally gets her to try on like a traditional dress and my God, it looks so much better. Like it didn't look good but it looked better. Um, and you could tell that like Tanya was really trying to fight it and be like, I don't like this, blah, blah, blah. But you know, she didn't try another dress on, did she? Did she? Um, and then she's like, Oh, I don't want to put the veil on, put the veil on. Oh, I don't like this. This Isn't my thing. Oh, looking at herself in the mirror. Okay. 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 Tanya. Um, (laughs) and she finally tells her friends, what horrific thing she said about how Sinjin wasn't her soulmate and how she felt like her first boyfriend was her soulmate. And her friends are like horrified. Um, she, her friend Marianne was like, (laughs) she's like, I feel really bad for Sinjin now that I'm finding out that you told this to him. And she said, it's crushing, you know, it's crushing to hear like something like that, right? And then she starts backpedaling and pussy popping. Tanya and was like, "Well, no." Her her mom in the background was like, "Well, I don't think she said it like that. That's exactly what she said, Mother Tanya." And Tanya's like, "Oh yeah, no, I I actually didn't say it like that." And then her friends counter back and say, "Like it doesn't really matter exactly what you said. It's kind of how we interpreted it. And if his feelings are hurt, then I can't blame him." <laughs> and they're even like, then they go back into talking head and the three friends are there and her friend is like, you know, I think she's scared to get married. She's like, she doesn't she's like, she's making basically like the fact that she doesn't want to wear a traditional dress is kind of like almost like a, um, like a hurdle in this situation. Like she's making more complications for herself. Like, she's like, she's scared of being a bride. She doesn't even want to look like a bride. Um, and they tell her that like, if she felt that way about him not being her soulmate, then she should have told him that before they got engaged. And this is where I really get heated. And she is so fucking selfish. And she goes, well, they said, you should have told him that before he got engaged. And he said, well, maybe, but that wouldn't have changed anything because I still love him. 
that's not the point, you idiot. Do you ever consider other people's feelings? Like, maybe if you had told him that before the engagement, then he maybe would have reconsidered getting married to you. And that's, and you know that. I think in her heart of hearts, she knows that if she had been honest with him, he would not have been engaged to her and she would have not had these like redheaded little babies that she's wishing for. She wants Sinjin to be her stud horse. That is all <laughs> that this is. And she loves that like he walks around with no shoes on and blah, blah, blah. That he's like carefree because that makes her look more carefree. But ultimately she doesn't, I don't think she cares about Sinjin. I think she cares about like, what Sinjin can bring to her in terms of like legitimizing whatever like lifestyle manic pixie dream fuck that she thinks that she is. And that's what's so infuriating. Like he said in the very beginning of the season, like, I feel like you've got your whole story written and then I'm just like a character that you found. And I think he is completely, completely correct in that. Ugh. Then Tanya says, there's no guy to tell you how sure you're supposed to feel before you get married. And, and her friend was like, your heart, your heart's supposed to tell you that. And then he's like, no. And she says, and then she's like sitting there in the dress and she goes, Oh, well, I don't really want to wear this dress. It's got all this bad energy on it. What? Because your friends were telling you the truth that you're an emotional monster and that you're selfish beyond measure. That's the bad energy that you don't want to put on it. The truth. take three healing breaths and then we're gonna go to Annie and Robert okay 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 so it starts out with Annie and Robert going shoe shopping for the wedding she needs her wedding shoes Robert finally admits that he was wrong and that what happened the conversation with he and his brother ganging up on her should never have happened thank God. He says that they were completely out of line and he had been drinking too much and that it was not acceptable. Annie says that she was upset that Robert didn't stand up for her. She finds these red shoes that she picks out. And I think it's very sweet. I think we don't see, we, this is probably the most emotion that we've seen them both have. And we can tell that Annie really must love Bryson because she takes him into consideration with things that like she doesn't have to. So she finds this red pump and she's like, Oh, like I really like this shoe. It's like elegant and classy. And I really love the color red. And I know that you love the color red. And I know that Bryson loves the color red. So like, this is the shoe that I want to go with. And she's like, he's like, okay, well let's pick it out. She's like, well, how much, you know, like what's my budget basically. And he's like, Oh, don't worry about it. And Annie is really impressed by that. But I noticed that they were like, there was a big sign in the back that said outlet sale, buy one, get one free. So (laughs) I don't know if we're really dealing with daddy Warbucks here still, but he, you know, at least he wasn't hemming and hawing about it. Um, So they sit down and he says that like, he apologizes to her and he says that he loves and respects her and that he will never speak to her like that again and that his goal is to keep her happy that they have a motto which is one team one dream one uber rating um annie says that she wants to be with him but there are like too many outside forces too many people in his life that are not supportive of her and their relationship and 
Robert's like, oh, well, don't worry about that. I'm like, this is our, our relationship. Like, I'm not worried about that. Ooh, then I'm about to get heated again. Um, they had to eat with Ben and Stephanie, who is our Bryson's grandparents. Stephanie is AKA Diamond Fox. And I think Ben is also a porn star. Um, but I don't know what his name is. And frankly, he looks like Taylor Macy's husband from Teen Mom. So like, I'm not really trying to go there. (laughs) Um, so they had to eat in order to bury the hatchet. Robert's whole goal is to like have a fresh restart to like, you know, talk, talk things through and, you know, be happy. Annie says that she's not happy to be there. She does not like Stephanie, but she's basically doing this just for Bryson and that she doesn't want any bad energy between them when it comes to Bryson. So Ben starts by apologizing for them being too aggressive. I'm going to repeat that sentence. Ben starts to apologize by being too aggressive to them initially. Okay. So then they talk about, they start talking about their relationship. Annie says that, you know, she really loves Bryson and how much Bryson loves her. And, um, Ben's like, well, that's all well and good, but you know, I'm concerned that, you know, is Robert providing for you? They keep using this phrase provide, like, is Robert providing for you in the way that you're happy with? And she's like, well, most things, but you know, not everything, which is fine. And because they're clearly talking about money. They're not talking about like, is he providing for you emotionally? And so then this conversation basically goes to finances kind of. So then I just, I just truly can't believe that this happened. Honestly, of all of the things that I've seen on the show, And all the things that I've seen on most shows, this is by far the most disgusting behavior that I've seen on 90 Day Fiance. Hands down. I was horrified. Okay, well, let's get into it. Um, Then they start talking about how they keep using this word inconvenient, convenience. Things are convenient for her. And it's very coded language. They, they're like, oh, isn't it so inconvenient? Stephanie says it's inconvenient for her to be like in this foreign country surrounded by strangers. What? Annie says it's not about convenience. Like this relationship is not about convenience. She's like, I love him and I do things for Bryson and I do things for Robert because I love them. I don't really, convenience is not really like a factor for me. And then they are talking about how concerned they are for Bryson. Like, oh, you know, it's great that he loves you so much, but like, you know, what if things don't work out and it's better to just end this now and, you know, instead of two years from now. And then (laughs) they say like, oh, you know, we don't really see the love between them, which is fair, but not their business. And that they don't, we don't really know what like, what Annie's true intentions are. Like, we don't really know what she's thinking deep down. Like, like she's some sort of like witch. Like we don't know what her motivations are. Okay. Well, we don't know what your motivations are. And guess what? You guys are married to each other and neither of you guys have to marry Annie. Um, it is so freaking racist and weird the way they like, were really trying to dance around what they were saying, but like you, it was clear. It was so clear and so gross. Um, Ben then says that he feels like there's an underlying problem in their relationship in Robert and Annie's relationship when it comes to money. And then he starts to get like kind of, fidgety and he's like well I don't really know how to say this and then Stephanie takes over she pulls out a wallet from her purse her little Louis Vuitton wallet and then pulls out like a checkbook and is like you know she makes a big to-do about clicking her pen Ugh, oh my god and then she goes um she offers to write a check for a plane ticket and they're Robert and Annie are both like what <laughs> and Robert's like don't even do that And then she, like, as Annie's talking, like, you know, like, what are you talking? This is so ridiculous. And you could hear Stephanie in the background, like, she's not even listening to Annie. She's like, well, what about 10,000? What about 15,000? 
And Annie's like, you guys are not my sponsors. You're not responsible for me if I need something. And Robert says, like, if she wants to go back, I will pay for her ticket. If she, if she has a problem with this relationship, she can tell me she doesn't need to go to you two. And we'll figure it out between ourselves. And then Annie goes in. She's like, I don't want your nasty money anyway. Because I know where that manny money came from. And... Basically, like, you know, they're like, oh, well, we're doing this because we care about Bryson. She's like, if you cared about Bryson, you would call him more because he's the one who comes to me and says, I want to talk about talk to my Gigi. And I'm the one that has to, like, contact you guys to get him to have a conversation and how, you know, they never reach out to him. And then they start getting, like, all finicky about that. And then they go on to say, like, that Ben and that Robert and Annie took their offer the wrong way and that they should be grateful. And at one point Ben says, well, you're welcome right for the money. <laughs> and the visa said that like, they should be grateful for the offer. She's like, you know, if anything happens, like we know that Robert's not going to have the money to send her back. And like, and if there's something like, they're like, Oh, you know, if you have like basically intimating the, like, she only came to America to help her family out. They're like, well, if you need the help, like, we can give you the help. You don't have to stay here. And they're basically saying, like, we're doing her a favor. And they acting like they didn't understand why she would be offended. They're truly, like, the ugliest American behavior. Like, it truly, like, it embarrassed me to be an American to hear them speak that way to her. It truly did. Like, it really made me upset to see them, like, just, like you know like boil her down to this like money grabbing you know nasty immigrant and she's like you guys are not responsible for me and you call Donald Trump if you have any pull and tell him to come and send me back to the Dominican yourself and like oh I just like the way that they tried to weasel out of acting like they were not being completely racist and disgusting towards her and it was just so gross and the fact that they feel like that you know like we can just give her money we can just throw money at the problem like okay girl uh, it was truly so gross. And I hope that they got flamed to hell. I hope her porn star rank goes down on Pornhub. I I hope all the bad things for them. Ugh. Y'all, that is the end of my 90 Day Fiance recap. I hope you guys enjoyed it. <laughs> Go ahead and leave me a five-star review if you have not yet. I would love that. Um, and yeah, I guess I will catch you guys next week. Thank you for listening. Thank me for speaking. I love you guys. Bye.